Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. I'm going to go right into what the Lord gave me for communion. Thank you, Jesus. This is found in Matthew. I'm going to read out of my Passion Bible. Supernaturally, by a word of knowledge, working through the Lord Jesus Christ, the plans for the eating of the Passover celebration, which that was the time of year that it was, the provision was there already, and all Jesus had to do was give them some information. They went right to the person, right to the place. Everything was ready. Everything was prepared. Do you know Jesus is in the same ministry today? There are things prepared for you that all you need is that information. Can I get a better amen than that? It says in verse, what is it here? 26. As they eat, as they ate, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it gave it to his disciples and said to them this is my body eat partake one translation says one says ingest it all it says then taking the cup of wine and giving praises and giving praises to the father he entered into a covenant with them saying this is my blood each of you must drink it in fulfillment of the covenant For this is the blood that seals the new covenant. Oh my goodness. It will be poured out for many. For the complete, we know King James says remission. One translation says for the eradication of sin and all of its effects. You say, what do you mean? Because the effects of sin is poverty, oppression, addiction, disease. You name it, those are the effects of sin. Thank God. It said, the next time we drink this, I will be with you. We will drink it together in a new understanding in the kingdom realm of my Father. You know, it says this in the King James. It says, I will not drink this again with you till we're in the kingdom of God. Listen, when Jesus rose from the dead and offered his blood upon the altar of God, the mercy seat, a brand new kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. A brand new kingdom. That's the kingdom that we're in. The dominion of God in his family is literally what it is. And that covenant that was cut, the marks of the covenant upon his body, this, this last Passover supper, you say, now why would you say last Passover? I know that the Jewish people still celebrate Passover. Some people that are mixed up in their doctrines that are Christians still celebrate it. But this was a paradigm change in what Passover meant. Passover was physical. A physical bringing out of Egypt, of the children of Israel, the, the, the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob literally and physically came out of Egypt crossed the Red Sea type of baptism, came up to Mount Sinai type of being prepared by the word of the Lord and then rejected the promised land. Forty years later, they went in and possessed it. And actually, the people that possessed it had to have a different mentality. They had to think differently. Amen? But now, here's a new in type. In type. Here's a new Moses. In type. What is he doing? He's leading us out of the kingdom of darkness. And He's translating us in to the dominion of His dear Son. Amen. Amen. And He's not dealing with a nation. Now He's dealing with a family. That's why the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And He looks around the world as the gospel goes out to see who will respond to the glorious message of what God has done for us in Christ and the significance of that blood that has been shed. Now this is what is amazing. The the scripture talks about the denial of Peter, how he would Jesus prophesied prophesied that Peter would deny them. All of them felt like that they had enough consecration in them not to deny Jesus when the pressure was on. That was wrong. They all did. 
The Bible says, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep will scatter far and wide. But now notice this in verse 23. This is very unique what happened at Gethsemane. I never realized this, but in prayer and in study, I begin to realize how deep the significance of the garden. It always greatly touched me. 1985, uh, for a Bible school graduation, my dad gave me a trip to Israel. He and I traveled together over there to, to Israel. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, as I walked around that garden, they say some of the trees that are there are still 2,000 years old or more were still there when Jesus was there. Just to think that Jesus may have touched this tree or kneeled on it, it just blew my mind. Just being in Jerusalem, the presence of God was so surreal, you could not deny it is the city of God. Amen. This happened in the garden. Then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the oil press. He told them, sit here while I pray over there. He took Peter, John, and uh, uh, Peter, James, and John with him. However, an intense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. He said unto them, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Stay here and keep watch with me. Listen to those words. Stay here and keep watch with me. You say, why? Well, he came the first time. Now listen to me. And as he instructed, he included. They missed it. They missed it. God didn't miss it. Jesus, they, they missed it. He was trying to include them. I've called this for years not realizing what I was saying. I've called this the greatest prayer meeting we see in the Bible. No other prayer meeting carried more significance than the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Our salvation literally weighed in the balance. He said to them, my heart is overwhelmed, crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Stay here and keep watch with me. He walked a short distance away, overcome with grief. He threw himself face down on the ground and prayed, My Father, if there is any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. The suffering, or as the King James says, the cup. Everybody say cup. That cup was a cup of death. Now listen, this is powerful. My Father, is there any way you can deliver me from this suffering? Please take it from me. Yet, what I want is not important. For I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Then an angel from heaven appeared to strengthen him. Studying different commentators, those that understand the different traditions and the different things that are unique to 2,000 years ago, the garden where Israel was and how God was moving at this time. As scriptures begin to be unveiled and studied, men begin to see that in the garden, many translations said, he began to sweat as it were great drops of blood. Listen, this is what happens when an individual's physical body is so stressed that at the point of death, their, 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 their vessels around their temple area, around their, around their head and their neck, they begin to break and blood begins to flow. In the garden, Satan was trying to force Jesus into a premature death. Now think about this. That's why he was in such agony. That's why he was in such grief. In that garden, he began to assimilate and assume everything that was wrong with the fallen family of Adam. Every grief, every heartache that you could ever know, every situation of disappointment, anything in life that could harm you or hurt you anyway, both physically, spiritually, and mentally, begin to come upon the Lord Jesus Christ. That cup began to become more than he could bear in the garden. But he hadn't been wounded for our transgression. He hadn't been bruised for our iniquity. There was an element of the chastisement of our peace beginning to work in the garden, but he hadn't taken stripes for our healing.
One translator says this because there's a scripture that lines up with it. He has not been pierced yet. He had to be pierced. We know from Isaiah's writing that as he hung on the cross, the Bible says the view of his body in human form was so distorted that you could not tell that the man on the cross was a human being. And the way, now listen to me, the way he died convinced 20 Roman soldiers as they gambled at his feet and looked up at his face, it convinced them that surely this is God dying for man. God doesn't hide things. But after that communion, which changed communion forever, and it became not just the Passover celebration, but the communion of the body of Christ and Jesus. He went into that garden and suffered so greatly to the point of death that God had to send an angel to strengthen him. And in the strength of that angel, He carried that cross. And as we sang, what a sacrifice that saved my life. Not just to go to heaven, but think of what God has saved us from and think what He is now saving us from. My God, my God. Therefore, when we partake of communion, we are partaking of that cup of death in which Jesus' body was broken and pierced. You know, that's one of the powerful things about redemption. The Bible says, For the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness, but unto us that are saved, it is the power of God where God came and used the power of death to separate man from his spiritual separation from God and to impart to man eternal life. The only thing that can heal the aches of society in the world is Jesus. There's no politician. There's no government decision. There's no amount of money. There's nothing on this earth more precious than the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The great parable that Jesus spoke to us of the pearl of great price and the treasure hid in the field. As you study that, and I've heard it taught and preached, and I don't belittle it at all, about how we as believers need to find that pearl of great price, how we need to find that treasure above all other treasures. That's certainly true. But in that parable, Oh, this is so powerful. The great treasure hidden in the field and the pearl of great price was you. That the merchant was willing to give everything he had to purchase, which is exactly what Jesus did for us. He gave everything he had to purchase us. Why don't we lift our hands and thank Him? Lord, we thank You. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we glorify Your name. We glorify Your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirits of wickedness, satanic oppression, spirits of mass and great depths of deception are loosed upon the earth. And men and women are so confused from everything to their, from their identity to their purpose to their worth and value. But Jesus is the only entity in the universe that can give you value, purpose, and identity. And He so lovingly draws us to His heart. And in this day and hour, which this world is in desperate, desperate need of revival and awakening, there must be a remnant of people that contend for the worth of that blood 
to be in manifestation. For it to touch the city we live in, the county where we reside, to be a part of what we do in the nations of the world, and to awaken in us a passion beyond all other passions we've ever had. A greater passion than the passion of a man and a woman when they come together in marriage. A greater passion than the ego of the businessman that makes billions of dollars. A greater passion than a winning politician that finally gets elected into his office. A greater passion of the possession of any material thing. A passion for him like the world has never seen. That grows in us every day as we commune in fellowship. As we receive communion tonight, and I'm not teaching on healing, but I just stirred in my spirit to go this direction. As we receive our communion tonight, let the great significance of that broken body, God, this is beyond the concept and the reasoning ability of the human mind, that God allowed Himself to reside in a human body then allowed that body to be broken for you. When Isaiah looked down the portal of time, saw the cross, the, the possessive adjective that he used, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. He overcame death and he overcame everything that produced death. His precious blood, like no other blood that's ever existed in the human body of any individual on the earth, every drop of human blood has in it the element of death and separation. Passed from Adam to the Son, to the Son, to the Son, to the Son, down through the millennials of time till it showed up in our lives. The blood was tainted. The blood was tainted. But then conceived by the Word of God, for it is the Father that gives identity to the blood conceived by the Word of God in the womb of a woman pure by choice, the Virgin Mary, was conceived Emmanuel, God with us. My God, my God, my God. God with us. When He was born and the blood that was shed in the birth was not the blood that is unique to the human family but it would be the blood unique to God's family. As Jesus grew, we see a glimpse of Him on His 12th birthday. At age 30, He arrived at a revival in which a wild preacher named John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness. And He was baptized in water. Coming up out of that water, the Holy Ghost came upon Him. And the significance of that blood came into operation through the demonstration of the Spirit of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, as it says in Hebrews chapter 1, was speaking to us through His Son Jesus. What is the will of God for salvation? Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The leper said, I know that you, that, that you can if you will. And Jesus said, I will and touched him and made him whole. Forever settling the reality that healing is the, the will of God. Amen. The woman caught in the very act of adultery. Woman, where are your accusers? And he said, neither do I. He's not a God of accusation and judgment. He's a God of mercy and grace. And in that garden, the blood began to flow. The blood began to flow. And they took him the next morning from the Sanhedrin court and they gave him over to a hundred Roman soldiers of Pilate's guard. 
and they mocked him and they bruised him and they, they put a, a, a scarlet robe upon him and they, 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 they plaited a, a crown of thorns and pressed it down into his brow and the blood began to flow. And they hit him with a fist and they struck him with reeds and they spit upon him. This is our Savior, our Lord, and our God. But thank God that he took that. The Bible says it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And they took that cat of nine tails as unique to the Roman guard. Approximately seven to nine feet long. They measured it so that it would wrap around the human body as the body was stretched out on a pole and tied. They platted into the end of it glass and metal, very sharp, that would tear into human flesh. And 40 stripes minus one for mercy. They wrapped that whip around his body and then jerked it off, jerking all the tissue and flesh off of his body till literally his back was exposed and the blood flowed and ran down upon the ground. They took him to Golgotha. They laid him upon a cross. took nails and drove them through his hand. They took nails and drove them through his feet. And they set that cross up in the public for all to see. Emmanuel, God with us, was dying for you and I. The Bible says in the third hour, darkness came on the, all the earth. Didn't say there was an eclipse and somewhere, somehow, you know, there was a little dark. It said darkness came upon all the earth. The earth began to convulse and shake violently. You say, why is that? Because the creator of that earth whose blood was running down his body and down that cross upon the ground was dying was being separated from the Father so He could taste death for every person. That blood flowed down. And He cried out, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? A man does not cry out that when he's fixing to go into paradise. A man does not cry out that when he's fixing to end up in Abraham's bosom. He cries out that because he realized, I am separated from the Father. I am tasting the spiritual death of humanity. And the Bible says he gave up the ghost. The guards were surprised. Usually they have to go and break the legs because crucifixion is suffocation. They, they, they learned to place you in such a way upon the cross where you had to push up with your feet and pull up on your hands in order to get a breath. And as you did that more and more, it became more and more agonizing till you did not have the strength to do it anymore. It was not suffocation that killed him. It was my sin and your sin and my iniquity and your iniquity. And he died with that sin upon his life. Seven times his blood was shed. The number of God. We know the story three days and three nights. He's in the bowels of this earth. Hell is having high carnival. Satan in the demonic realm thinks they're going to be able to rule the entire world system. Unrestrained. Could you imagine what that would have been like? It would have been hell on earth. But God had another plan. But God, but God, what a sacrifice that saved my life. And the Bible says, the very spirit and light of God came down into that region of the damned and lit it up as Jesus Christ of Nazareth stepped out of the position of Son of Man and stepped into the position of Son of Almighty God, risen Savior of the world. 
Hallelujah. But it wasn't over. One little, one little woman, one little lady, possessed by seven devils, who had fell in love with Jesus more than she ever fell in love with any man on the earth, would not quit, would not give up. And in the darkness of that first morning, she went to the tomb to serve Him. She'd watched Him die. She'd watched Him be placed in the tomb. She'd watched the Roman guard pour the wax seal around and put that stamp of Rome saying, if anybody breaks this seal, we'll kill you. But still, she had a heart to serve her Savior. In the darkness of her life, she went and the stone was rolled away. A witness to a miracle. She did not know it was a miracle. She ran and got the disciples. The disciples looked. The Bible says they looked, they saw, and they went back to their own home. The Scripture says in John chapter 20, verse 13, but she stood without the sepulcher weeping. And she looked back into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white, sitting one at the head and other at the feet of where the body of Jesus had lain and was not there. She said, why, woman, why weepest thou? These words just, they're so powerful. She said, they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where he's at. But if you tell me where he's at, I'll go there and serve him. How we get caught up in this apathy and complacency. How we get caught up in these little mindsets, these little offenses. How we get caught up when, when hearts of people like that throughout the Word of God served Him. Did not matter. It wasn't her favorite preacher. It was his, her Lord that looked like He was dead and gone. Show me where He's at and I'll go there and serve Him. And Jesus stood before her. Said to her, Mary. She said to Him, Rabboni, which is teacher. He said, Touch me not, which is significant. Has to do with the blood. Because the covenant had not been completed. If she would have reached out and touched him, she would have fell over dead. But he said this, I go to my Father. Tell my disciples that I go to my Father and to your Father. To my God and your God. And I can only imagine as I've meditated over the years, my favorite verse in the Bible, you that know me know my favorite verse, Hebrews 9, 12. Not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by His own blood, entered He once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For a moment of time, years ago in prayer and intercession, I saw a glimpse, a flash. As heaven fell silent, as the king entered in, began to make his way to the most holiest place in the universe. In his hand was a receptacle, a cup. In it was his own blood. And he came to the place between the cherubims, between the wings, and he poured the blood upon that mercy seat. And he obtained eternal redemption for us. Time has not eroded the power nor the significance of that event. To this day, it is the blood that remains fresh and glistening and life-giving upon the mercy seat of God. And if there was ever a time in the history of the world in which man needed mercy, the ability of God to stop from happening what should happen, but He intervenes, it's now. Oh, the blood of Jesus rescued me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me get a Why don't you uh, take the top, get the host. Ever, does everybody have your community? Anybody, if you don't have one and you need one, lift your hand. Everybody good? 
Praise God, everybody's good. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to close your eyes. Wonderful presence of God in here. He's with us. Great anointing of the Spirit. But I want you to see those few hours in which the flesh, blood, and bone body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's one of the most amazing phenomenons the world has ever seen. You talk about wonders of the world. This is a wonder. How that abuse, when we get to heaven and see Him, we're going to see those holes. We're going to see that gaping laceration of His side by a Roman battle spear. But in all of that pain and all of that agony, he was breaking the power of Satan over our lives. The power of death. The power of living in death while existing on the planet. And the ability for man to partake of the divine nature of God through his precious promises. That's so so in great honor of the significance of that broken body and in participation in communion tonight with Him as instructed to us as a church by Holy Scripture. Break that host and partake in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, make us ever aware Make us ever aware of the significance of that covenant which you cut with your Father that we get in on by faith. Let us ever remain aware that the pain you bore, we don't have to. The grief you suffered, we don't have to carry. You are our Savior. You are our Lord. You are our healer. And that evil entity called Satan, Lucifer, which is flexing his muscles even now, you delivered us from his power and we vow to you as a people, as a church, and as the family of God to walk in the reality of that victory, resisting that which the enemy would try to do and walking in the freedom given us by Almighty God. Take the cup, if you will. Carefully remove the covering on it. Lord Jesus, that glory which pumps in your veins now, replacing the physical human blood that human blood untainted by Adam's fall, which is divine blood, rest as an eternal monument in heaven itself, the holy of holies. Time has not affected it. Decay has not encroached upon its glory. It glistens. It's wet. It's beautiful. It is the purchase price of the church. It is the new covenant. It's who we are. It's what we have. It's what we can do in Christ Jesus. It's precious. It's valuable. No other commodity in the universe. No gemstone. No deposit of oil or gold. No vast fortune of any individual or the entire world system itself can even compare to the value of the blood of Jesus. We recognize its power. We recognize its ability. We, we recognize its significance. We recognize its glory. And in great honor 
of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We receive of the cup tonight. Now listen with your heart. Listen with your spirit. What the Spirit of the Lord is saying unto you. There are specifics in these words of knowledge and wisdom. There is instruction and assignment for those that will grasp what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to one here, one there, one here, and one there. First, by the Spirit, it would say unto you to step out. Step out in courage. Step out in strength. Step out in the gift and the calling that is upon your life. Hesitate no longer. Put your hand to what it can be set to and doors will open and there will be opportunity to pour out of your heart the word and the anointing of God. Hesitate no longer, for it has been the strategy of your adversary to hold you back and restrict you. But break out and break through, and you shall see that the calling that has been upon your life for many years will come online. For there is no time for hesitation. There is no time to resist that which the Spirit is saying. Only time to obey. Only time to obey. Only time to obey. Think it not strange that I've called you unto this place. Think it not strange that I have included you with a group whose fire and passion for me is beginning to burn now. The fervor of that which I am placing in the heart of this house, the direction and the assignment comes from heaven itself. For there are many that brag of large and big effect upon the population that have lost their influence and their anointing they have lost their purpose and are not even fighting to get it back or retain what it was that brought them into blessing in the first place. You shall see an exodus from complacency, an exodus from inactivity, and a hunger beginning to burn in the hearts of many that have stood by the side of the river for many years without being involved. But it's your participation in the rivers of God that are flowing. As your participation increases, the glory that is upon your life will draw them into the kingdom. And there shall be a restoration of many of prodigal hearts in this nation which will be the awakening of that which I desire to produce. That's why there's prayer, 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 intercession, intercession, Zion crying out for the move of its God and the power of its spirit. Think it not strange that your heart for other things will begin to wane and the strength of my desire for you will become preeminent in your life. Yield. Don't reject. Don't fight. For there are even some that have backed slowly away. A little here, a little there. I'm not sure. Maybe not. But I say unto you, reject and move in. Press in. Press into the Father's heart. Come into the fullness of what I desire for the church in these days. And you shall literally see an outpouring unprecedented upon this earth. Something that only in your imagination and mind you could touch. For it shall happen and it shall happen quickly and shortly. Entertain not 
the temptations of your adversary. There is pleasure in sin for a season and excitement in that which is abnormal as if you're getting away with something that is unique and exciting. But the end there of his death, my heart yearns for fellowship with thee. My heart desires to draw near unto yours. Don't let your heart be cold. Don't let your heart be indifferent. Even this night, be delivered from that which the enemy has tried to produce in your life, which is a lie and not of God. Be set free from desires and passions that reside in your flesh, for it is not holy and not of God. And be delivered into the fullness of a heart that will serve Him. For it's true, even as my servant Mary sat without the tomb weeping, a lifestyle of wretchedness and unrighteousness beckoning her to come back in, she rejected for the greater call, the greater call, the greater call. The greater call is coming up on your life now. Do not reject it. Yield to the gentle urgings of the Spirit, to the delivering power of my word and the extreme growth where quickly you will grow into that which I desire you to do and be. And a glory it shall be in your life and it shall be a rescue for many, many others. Let the status quo be broken. Let the norm be destroyed. Look and see how your enemy has done it. The suppression of life and living. All of the things the world system is implementing in the earth that interrupts and inconveniences you. You are forced to live in such a way. But my invitation to you this night is to break the status quo of things the way they are and enter into a brand new lifestyle of serving me and enjoying the fullness of God. For as the wave of my spirit rises among you and crest and break over, you do not want to be outside the movement of the waters of God. You want to be right in the middle of how it manifests, of how it ministers, how it refreshes, and how it delivers. You will begin to taste of the very atmosphere of heaven while you're still on the earth. The power of the worlds to come shall manifest in great power and glory to bring honor unto Jesus, the risen Savior. The spectacle of the outpouring of the Spirit with all of its grandeur and excitement shall be your life and lifestyle as you're carried away by that which the Spirit desires to do until one day that light shines in the eastern skies and the trump of the Lord is sounded and the dead in Christ rise and you'll be lifted into the sky to be forever with the Lord how serious these times are and these days that you are living. Realize the preciousness and the value of those that are around you in the company in which I've placed you in and realize the family bond of love that I've placed in my family that will keep you no matter what comes upon this earth. You will rise above it in the ark of that which I provided for you to navigate the troubled waters of humanity in this day and hour. So rejoice. Rejoice that you were counted worthy to partake of the cup of this day and hour. Don't look back at what was. Don't go into the past 
and wonder why this did not work, that did not happen, this did not come. No, no, no. You've been prepared and hardened against difficulties, against problems in your mind, against emotions that would try to deceive you. You are ready for that which I desire. Press in with all your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now lift your hands and worship God. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. Now be seated just a moment. Now, in prophecy, God gives us in its purest form, prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues, is given for edification, exhortation, and comfort of the body of Christ. In its ability as a carrier, you say, what do you mean as a carrier? In its ability for prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues to carry other gifts of the Spirit. Example would be word of knowledge used to reveal sicknesses or disease so that gifts of healing could operate. Amen? But in its carrying ability to carry words of knowledge and words of wisdom, we just experience the demonstration of that. Generally, for every person in here, you can tap into everything that was said. But there is a specific word for specific people that were given. Let me give you an example. I was in a wonderful conference last summer, Shreveport, Louisiana, Pastor Sam and Becky Carr's church. Pastor Sam had turned the meeting over to me. I was ministering by the Spirit, by the Spirit. And, you know, many times when these spiritual things rise up, your mind is just like, you can't, I can't say that. That's just so out of bounds. I can't say. Well, anyway... This was, this was the word. Everyone in the building that has a debt that there is no possibility for you to pay, a financial debt, you do not have the money to make the note, you do not have money to, money, the money to pay it off, there's no way whatsoever you can pay that debt. I want you to stand. Well, there was about maybe 50 to 75 people that stood up. And I could tell that people were rejoicing, people were receiving. But I knew out of that group, someone specifically was being ministered to. Why God let it go general, why the Lord did not let me pick that person out or to give an altar call in such a way where that person could have answered that altar call. I don't know. We let God be God. A few months later in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at another conference I was at, a man and woman walked up to me. They said, Pastor Rusty, we just couldn't wait to get here to share this testimony with you. I said, okay. He said, do you remember when you were in the meeting in Shreveport and by the word of the Lord said that there would be people here who could not pay off their debt. There was no way they could do it. They said, that was us. He said, that was us. They said, we had a house God had spoken to us about quitting our jobs, selling everything we had, and going, and they named a particular country, going to this nation to minister. They said, for years we've been faithful members of this church. We counseled with our pastor. He agreed that that call was upon us. We've been preparing ourselves for two years, and just a few months ago, we quit our jobs, fully expecting for our house to sell because the equity of that house would totally finance our launching ourselves into missions ministry. Said a month went by, we couldn't pay it. Couldn't pay our mortgage. Another month went by, couldn't pay our mortgage. Said it was impossible. We were using our income to just eat and pay the bills of the house. Said another month went by and foreclosure proceedings began through the mortgage company. That took place on Friday before the, com before the conference. Now, during that week, I believe that was on a Thursday, not Thursday or, or Friday night, that word, they received it on Monday morning, their house sold for cash for more than it was on the market for. 
the illustration is to help you tonight. Any word you just heard, you can tap into and say, I'm taking that word. That's my word. But there are specific people in here that that word was aimed right at you. You know it in your heart. You knew when the word began to be spoken and I encourage you as a pastor, obey that word without question. And the benefits of it will show up in your life. Amen. You love the Lord. Well, let's do two things. All right? I know it's 8-11, but that's all right. You ain't got no places to go. It's hot outside. Let's do three things. How about three things? Amen. Three things real quick. Won't take long. First of all, I'm going to give you some announcements. Amen. How about that? And then secondly, we're going to receive an offering. I said we're going to receive an offering. Then we're going to sing a praise song. Anybody want to go out and praise it? So we're going to sing a praise song, and then we're going to go out praising the Lord, expecting to have a great week, no matter what happens in Washington, no matter what happens at the UN, no matter what happens at the CDC, the LSD, or anything else. <laughs> no, matter, no matter how they count, no matter how big your mask is, no matter what the devil says, have a victorious week. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.